Welcome everyone to episode 38 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Next Gen Player. For this show, I'll be giving you my reviews of Bugsnut and A Tale of Paper, both on PS5. Before we start, I just want to give a special thanks to the game publishers for providing copies of the games in this episode. Alright, it's time to head to Snacktooth Island to uncover the mystery of the bug snacks. So Bug Snacks is an adventure game developed by Young Horses, an independent game studio from Chicago, Illinois. The game has been very heavily promoted by Sony in the lead up to PS5's launch, and it was even a, a free game for PS Plus subscribers in November. The game also released on PS4 and Windows PC. In the game, you play as a newspaper journalist who one day receives video footage in the mail from someone named Lizbert Megafig, an explorer who went to the mysterious Snacktooth Island. She invites the journalist to come see the island inhabited by creatures called bug snacks who are half bug and half snack to document them for the world to see. So getting into my review here, the first thing I want to say is, let's just take a moment, we have to appreciate this awesome theme song that Bug Snacks has. So I'm sure everyone's heard it, everyone saw it at the, the PS5 reveal. I just love this song by Kiro Kiro Benito. Kind of bug and kind of snack, try to catch them in your trap. <laughs> Come to Snacktooth Island and discover it's Bug Snacks. <laughs> Uh, all right okay my, my singing is a little awful but anyways the theme song for bug snacks totally awesome totally great it's definitely one of the things i love about this game so another thing that i love is in the game there are a hundred different bug snacks that you have to catch so easily one of the biggest attraction are the creatures themselves they're just so cute half bug half snack and you know, I've always been a, a fan of collecting games. So whether that's Pokemon, Digimon, or right now I'm playing Temtem, which is on early access on PS5. I just love catching creatures. And if you like games like that, then Bug Snacks is sure to make you satisfied. There's a hundred different Bug Snacks that you have to catch. And each one have, has its own personalities, unique look, uh, movement patterns, and special ways that you need to capture them. So some of my favorites in the Bug Snacks game is Bungers. Bungers are one of the best. They these are basically like half hamburgers that are still in the wrap and they've got french fry horns and feet and they're basically like little rhinoceros bugs that run around and they yell bunger 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 bunger. <laughs> so they are like they are super super fun. I also love, there's one, there's a, a bug snacks called a bopsicle. It is basically like an aggressive, like beetle that is two popsicle sticks put together and it just runs around and tries to bop you on the head. So uh, yeah, it, it also yells bopsicle, bopsicle, bopsicle. <laughs> it's a very aggressive bunk, bug snack. And it's really, really funny because it'll actually split into two popsicles and those two popsicles are another type of bug snacks that you can also catch and i would have to say my absolute favorite bug snacks in this game is scoopy banoopy so it's a banana split i love banana splits they're so delicious and it's so funny to see essentially a creature that is you know a living breathing walking banana split and it, you can literally either catch the the scoopy banoopy 
or it can split into three other bug snacks, which is a Scoopy, which is an ice cream cone, Cheery, which is a cherry, and a Banooper, which is a banana grasshopper. And Scoopy Banoopy is very aggressive and loves to walk around yelling, Scoopy Banoopy. <laughs> so you got to be careful because he'll, uh, he'll, he'll immediately chase you and start attacking you when you get close. Now, I won't get into much detail, but I also find it really hilarious that in Bug Snacks, the bugs, as you as you progress in the game, they get more complex, and you'll see a bunch of Bug Snacks that are actually, you know, smaller Bug Snacks all put together to make a larger Bug Snack. So I think that it's really interesting that they have sort of, like, this, like, Voltron ability, and they're, they, like, symbiotically merge together, which is pretty cool. Now... So how do you catch these bug snacks? Well, you start off with a tool called the snack scope, which is a camera. And what you do is you take a photo of the bug snacks, and this will generally give you some light information that'll help you catch the bug snacks. It might tell you what time of day they appear. It might tell you, um, you know, some of their favorite things that they like to eat, and so on and so forth. And then you get a whole bunch of different traps or tools throughout the game so the further you get in the more tools you get you start with a very simple thing called a snack trap which is like basically like an umbrella basket it looks like an umbrella but basically when the bug snack gets close you can close it remotely and you can trap the bug snacks inside and then there's also you get a slingshot called the slot the sauce slinger and there are different sauces that you can get like ketchup mm, chocolate sauce hot sauce and you can shoot these sauces to do various things. You can shoot it on the snack trap to attract the bugs to the snack trap. You can shoot other bugs to attract, you know, one bug to another bug. And you can just, you know, you can shoot various things, uh, you know, like shoot it on the ground and whatnot to try to tr attract bugs to where you want to catch them. And then you've also got a bug net for catching. And one of my favorites actually is called the buggy ball. So the buggy ball is like a mouse ball, and it has a bug snack called a strabby inside. A strabby is basically like a walking strawberry with feet and eyes. And you direct the buggy ball's movement with a laser pointer. So it's uh, it's pretty hilarious. You can you can make the strabby like basically chase other bug snacks and, uh, and you know chase them out of holes and, and and so on and so forth to get them into a spot where you can catch them. And then later in the game, you get some more advanced tools like the launch pad, the snack grappler, and the trip shot. So the launch pad essentially lets you launch your snack trap up in the air so you can catch some flying bug snacks. The snack grappler is like a grappling hook that you can throw it out and you can grab bug snacks from far away to capture them. And then finally, the trip shot, it's one of the funniest in the game. The trip shot is basically like a trip wire. That you can put on the ground and when a bug snack will trip it they become dizzy so then you can walk up and you can catch them with your your net so where the bug trapping gets really interesting is that eventually you have to start combining your tools together to catch you know the more advanced bug snacks in this game so you may need to spray your bug trap with various sauces you may need to launch your your uh, bug trap up in the air to catch flying bug snacks and so on and so forth so you got to sort of like you know, take all the tools that you have, figure out, you know, the walking patterns and, and what kind of sauces these bug snacks like, 
and you have to figure out the right combination to get the bug snack in your trap. So what do you do once you get these bug snacks? So you're walking around the island, collecting bug snacks, and then what you do is there are creatures on the island called grumpuses. So grumpuses are the main NPCs that you interact with. They look funny. They almost look like Muppets. They just generally have a funny look to them. But what you can do is you can feed them the bug snacks. And this is called snackification. You can select what body part you want to target the bug snack to. And that body part will change into whatever food the bug snacks is. So if you feed somebody, say, a bunger, which is the hamburger, you can select, say, like their hands or their legs or their feet. And you can turn them into a hamburger. And the funny thing is, is that you can essentially change the entire body. So the head, the body, arms, hands, everything. And you can you can pick various bug snacks, you know, for each of the different body parts. So you can essentially change these grumpuses into like a cornucopia of wonderful food. Hamburgers and strawberries, french fries, coconuts, fried eggs, you name it. You can just make these grumpuses into a food mess. <laughs> and it's so funny to see. It's absolutely hilarious. And then the other thing that's funny too is you can actually like once you've turned them in fully into food you can sort of like randomly change the, the positioning of the various food just to sort of like, you know, make them look a little bit different. So you can like, you know, let's say you have their hand as a hamburger. Well, you can change the hamburger so it's their head. So now their head's a hamburger. So super, super funny. And speaking of grumpuses, they are a real highlight of this game. They look funny. They say the most ridiculous things. Like this is really one funny game. If you like to laugh, if you you know, looking for a lighthearted game, this game has it in spades. So as far as the story goes, the gist of it is basically you go to the Snacktooth Island and there's about a dozen grumpuses that live on this island. And they live in a town called Snackburg with Philbo being the mayor of Snackburg. But what ended up happening is all of these grumpuses had sort of like interpersonal relationship problems with other people within Snacksburg. And they all got mad and frustrated and they all ended up leaving and they went to various parts on Snacktooth Island. So what you have to do is you have to walk around this island, you have to find all the grumpuses and then you have to convince the grumpuses to come back to Snackburg. And how you do that? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, there's various things that you have to do. There's like little side missions that you have to do for them, but mostly it boils down to finding their favorite bug snacks, turning their various body parts into the bug snacks, and that'll cheer up their mood and convince them to want to go back into Snackburg. So that's pretty much the main thing that you got to do in this game. You're catching bug snacks, you're filling out your bug snacks encyclopedia in your journal, and you're trying to turn all these grumpuses into essentially food. Now, in terms of things that I sort of didn't like or maybe could have been improved with this game, I thought that there were a little too many similar bug snacks. So, you know, just like in classic JRPGs where you fight an enemy and then later on in the game you fight essentially the same enemy with a different color, that happens in this game too. So, for example, like the Strabby, the strawberry that I mentioned, there are, you know, there's a few variations of that bug snacks. And then there's also like a tree hopping bug snacks and variations of that. And there's two versions of the bunger and so on and so forth. So, while there is a hundred bug snacks on paper, Really, you're probably talking about maybe 60 or 70 different types. 
I just would have liked, instead of having so many repeats, it would have been nice to actually have some fresh new bug snacks for me to look at and figure out cool ways to capture them. I also thought that there could have been more creative ways to use your bug trap. So I mentioned that you get a whole bunch of tools and overall there might be somewhere around like seven or eight different configurations to capture the bug snacks. But I found that, you know, it may take you a little while to sort of like, you know, figure out how best to put them together to capture the bug snacks. But once you figure out the seven or eight different ways that you, you tend to use these tools, then you just keep on essentially repeating that throughout like the rest of the bug snacks that you have to capture. So like I pretty much figured out how to use all the traps, you know, midway through the game. And then I might have still had, you know, 30 or 40 bug snacks to catch that I just use pretty much the exact same methods that I was using before. So I would have liked, you know, just more fun interesting creative ways to capture the bug snacks that would have been a little bit more interesting than what we have here like as an example there is actually one bug snack this is in in sort of like a beach level where you have to ring a dinner bell to get the bug to show up and then you can go out onto the beach and you can capture the bug i thought that was really fun i thought that that was a little bit different than any other way that i was catching a bug on this island that's what I wish there was a lot more of. I wish that there was like, you know, there was other things on the island that I could interact with that would help me discover new bug snacks and discover new ways of capturing bug snacks. This game's really fun and really promising and it seems to be very successful. So hopefully we're going to have a sequel and I hope in the sequel, if it eventually comes out, that we're going to get fun, new, creative ways of catching the bug snacks. Aside from that, I don't really have any other criticisms. It's a very fun game. It's amazing that Sony gave it away free for PS Plus members in November. But if you happen to have missed the game on PlayStation Plus, I certainly recommend picking it up. It is a really, really, really fun indie game on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. So I'm going to give Bug Snacks a solid 8 out of 10 score. Alright, so moving on... The next game that I'm going to be reviewing in this episode, it's A Tale of Paper. So A Tale of Paper is a new title from Sony PlayStation Talent Initiative in Spain. So Sony has had this initiative now for a few years. What they do is they support indie developers in Spain and help them release their titles on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. The game is made by Open House Games, a three-person development team with support from Sony Interactive Entertainment Spain. It's a short two-hour soulful indie game that's aimed at gamers that enjoy immersive environments and emotional adventures. It's available digitally right now on the PlayStation Store and you can buy it for $14.99. So things that I, I thought were interesting about this game, well first thing is that if you really liked the game Little Nightmares by Tercier Studios and published by Bandai Namco, this game has a very similar vibe to it. Graphically, it looks very similar and it sort of has like that dark emotional tone. Definitely, if you enjoyed that game, then I think this game would be one that would be really interesting for you. So in the game, you play as a character named Line. Line is a shape-shifting origami figure that sets off on a magical adventure. Line kind of looks like a little tiny bug that's made out of paper. Line has two antennas with glowing tips and glowing eyes. Kind of reminds me of Yarny from EA's indie hit Unravel. A Tale of Paper takes you through eight different locations, each with really detailed hand-drawn graphics. You've got environments like a spooky abandoned house, you've got an attic, 
There's a sewer. There's a creepy as heck spider's nest. There's a building rooftop, a wooded area, and the final location is a space observatory. So from a graphical standpoint, I think the game really does deliver. It's got really beautiful and atmospheric visuals, and it's combined with soft and gentle music to help further set the tone. What makes this game stand apart? Well, from a gameplay perspective, Line isn't a regular piece of paper. He's able to transform himself into different shapes to reach different areas of the level, solve light puzzles, and complete platforming sequences. But the one thing that you have to note is that every shape only allows Line to perform one action. So for example, Line can turn into a frog, which lets you leap higher, but as a frog, you can't walk or run. And you can also turn into a paper airplane. This lets you glide after jumping. And you can also morph into a crumpled ball of paper. This allows you to roll around. And there's a whole bunch of pipes that you can roll into further sections within that level. And later on, towards the end of the game, you can also turn into a bird, which lets you flap your wings and jump higher. And then finally, you can turn into a paper rocket, and this lets you air dash. While I do love these origami transformations, and they there is actually a lot of potential with them, not all roses, as the platforming overall is quite simplistic and not all that interesting. You just got sort of like your run-of-the-mill platforms. You're not really going to be using these origami transformations in really creative ways, you know, or others. There's no really like, you know, out-of-the-box thinking that you have to do. It's just sort of like there's platforms that's far away so then you got to turn into your paper plane because you've got to glide over it right or the gaps between the ledges are a little bit too big so then you got to turn to a frog so that you can leap across right so it's pretty basic stuff here but again there is a lot of potential so it's kind of too bad that they didn't really flesh out these origami transformations a little bit better there is actually one highlight that's worth mentioning though which is a boss chase scene that you get it's about midway through the game what you have to do is you have to run towards the screen and you have to quickly change between your origami configurations to survive this chase scene and it's actually really cool like graphically it looks good and most of the game is actually very slow paced but this particular segment is very very fast paced so it's a nice change from the usual in this game so yeah i thought that was really exciting it, speaking of the pace Tale of Paper is generally a slow pace with light platforming mixed with puzzles. The main reason for the slower pace is the developers really want you to soak in the ambience similar to games like Limbo or Little Nightmares. From a story perspective, the game doesn't have any cutscenes, there's no text. The entire story is told through the world and the objects and its ambiance. That's neat in the sense that you have to sort of like project some of your own thoughts and ideas into what the story is really about. And it's also worth noting as well that the camera does scroll laterally like a traditional 2D platformer, but you can roam the world in any direction, so there is some three-dimensional depth to this game. In terms of enemies that you fight, there's not the, all that many. The main one is actually Roomba Vacuum, so they... <laughs> They zoom around really fast and they sort of like heat seek you. So as soon as, soon as you are on the same level or ground as them, they just, they hunt you out really fast. And what they want to do is they want to suck you up and they want to shred you to pieces. So you've got that. I find them to be funny, but they're also kind of annoying just because of how fast they are. And there's no real way that you can combat them. So you've got to just run away whenever you see them. Um, I did actually find out later on that you can jump on the Ruma, so you can sort of, like, ride them around, which I thought was pretty fun. But overall, there's not a huge variety of enemies that you're going to find in this game. 
And as I mentioned before, there is that boss chase scene that you get as well, and that boss is, is pretty cool. One thing that I will point out is if you're a trophy hunter, know that this game can get you a platinum in about two hours. It's super easy to get. Most of the, the trophies in this game are story-based. There's a handful that are skill-based, and there's one hidden origami collectible per level that you have to get for another trophy. But it's almost impossible to miss the collectibles because of how linear the levels are. So it took me less than two hours to get the platinum, which is, you know, one of the fastest platinums I think I've ever got. So if you like trophies, this game, you can get it super fast. In terms of things that I didn't like, as I mentioned before, the gameplay is not all the best. It's just kind of run-of-the-mill, a little mundane, so there's nothing really to, to highlight there. Overall, I thought that it has nice graphics and sets an immersive mood, but given how short the experience is it's about you know 90 minutes to about two hours and the clunky gameplay it's not the easiest game to recommend i would say that if you enjoyed little nightmares and want to play another short indie game with moody graphics and a somber tale then i think you're going to likely enjoy a tale of paper uh, if you're a trophy hunter and you want to get an easy platinum and you're looking for a moderately fun game to play as you're getting it then i would say give it a try but given that Little Nightmares 2 is set for launch soon, anyone looking for what's likely to be a top quality indie experience, at least based on the original game, might be better off waiting for the sequel to drop. Again, overall, I thought A Tale of Paper was alright. It's not really a standout indie title on, on the PlayStation platform, but it's a decent game if you've got, you know, 15 bucks and, and a couple hours to spare. So overall, I'm going to give A Tale of Paper a 6.5 out of 10. And that's game over for this episode. I'm Next Gen Player. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Down to Play Cast, and you can also catch me on Twitter at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play. <laughs>